What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Brad. This is Parklandia, a production of iHeartRadio. We sold our loft in Chicago, moved into an RV, and now we're traveling the country full-time with our dog, Finn, exploring America's national parks. And today, we're really excited to bring to you our first episode of Traveling Eats with Matt. Yes, I'm so excited. So this is a little kind of mini bonus episode series inspired by, you know, how obsessed and interested I am in restaurants and food. That's how I started as a professional writer, mostly with a food focus. So this has been something I've been at least interested in for a long time since I was in culinary school in Chicago. So it's an important piece for when we're traveling and wherever we are, if we're in a city, a town, a around a national park, I always put a lot of effort into researching great local restaurants to check out, bars, whether it's from a historical perspective or just like getting a a local taste of that culture or that region. So, And I love reaping the benefits of this. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. So I can't think of a better topic to start with than Disney World, because not only do we talk about Disney World a ton and reference it on the podcast, but... You and I are fresh off just about three months of staying right near Disney and spending a lot of time there. So we were there for the duration of Epcot Food and Wine. You were working at it, selling maple syrup. And that was from August 29th through November 23rd. Good chunk of time. But we arrived before August 29th. Yeah, we were there for like 100 days. Yes, we were. Like a third of or almost a... yeah. Fourth of a year, over a fourth of a year. (laughs) Right, which is, I mean, I can't think of a better place to spend that much time than Disney World. So at this point, I have especially eaten my way around all the parks and beyond. So yes, I can definitely speak to it. And I want to start by clarifying that this is not about Orlando. Orlando and Disney World are, they get lumped in together. They're 
frequently kind of synonymous, but they are totally different places. They're like Absolutely. 18, 20 miles apart. It's a $30 lift ride to get from one to the other. I can attest to that. Because <laughs> you've done it multiple times, times a week because you wanted to try the differences between Disney yeah. World and Orlando and just experience the whole culture right. of the food. And they are so different. And Orlando's dining scene is incredible, so I don't want to blur them all together here. That's actually deserves to have its own episode later. But this is all about Disney World, which contrary to what a lot of people might think, it's not all Mickey-shaped pretzels and churros and stuff like that. There are plenty of those, and they're delicious. But Disney World has so much to offer, and I was delighted by our experience here and the different restaurants and kind of food stalls at the parks and then Disney Springs and even some of the hotels have great dining options as well, which are all destination-worthy. So I think it makes the most sense to divvy this little episode into the different parks, Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, because that's obviously where we spent the bulk of our time. And then also adding in Disney Springs, right? We can't skip that. Yeah, that was a huge pleasant surprise. I'm obsessed with that place. But I want to talk about the best food options and highlights at each park, starting with the, the main, the most iconic one, Magic Kingdom. Yes. And I'm starting with that because it's my least favorite for food. So it's only going to go up for here. Magic Kingdom, I have some issues. I love it. It's the most nostalgic. It's probably my favorite park for like rides and nostalgia. But the food is just not nearly as kind of amazing as the other three. It's, it seems a little dated or a lot dated. And the the lack of bars is an issue. Yes. Right? Yeah, they make you can't it, drink everywhere. No, <laughs> they like make anywhere. it so difficult. Anywhere. They make it really hard. And unlike the other three parks, which like have alcohol everywhere, like coffee shops have it, and Magic Kingdom makes it really like annoyingly difficult, which is aggravating because it's the most crowded. And if I'm going to be like, you know, bouncing my way through a sea of strollers and waiting in line for two hours, like the least they could do is not make it impossible to get a beer. Exactly. But no. And not only that, but they have places with names that sound like bars, like Gaston's Tavern and the Enchanted Tiki Room that sound like bars, but they're not. So it's no. misleading. Um, so with that out of the way, <laughs> I've it's been doing that for three months. Yeah, yeah, way too much right now. <laughs> right. There are some gems here. <laughs> I think the best full-service restaurant is Skipper's Canteen, the full name is Jungle Navigation Company Skipper's Canteen. It's the restaurant nearby and inspired by the Jungle Cruise ride, which we is great. You went with your mom, right? We did, yeah. We yes. had to wait for like an hour for a lunch seating, but it was worth it. The food is really good, and the full-service restaurants at Magic Kingdom are also the only places where you can get alcohol, so keep that in mind. But this place was wonderful. I thought it had a re- it had a really fun like jungle trek vibe. The people who worked there were really into it, like nonstop jokes and like quirky jungle references and stuff like that. A lot of fun. And then the food is really adventurous. Like you're like on a you know jungle journey with pretty eclectic dishes like corn pancakes with beer braised pork and pepper salsa and avocado cream. Loved, they were kind of like open-faced sliders with corn pancakes. Yes. So good. Absolutely delicious. Right. And then we had Brazilian cheese bread. My yum, fave. Favorite. And then shrimp dumplings as well. I think there were pork and shrimp dumplings. Um, so we had like an array of snacks and some wine, and it was really yummy. So I would recommend that. Make reservations for that one if you can because it is popular. And then the other kind of main 
iconic dining destination at Magic Kingdom is Be Our Guest, which is the Beauty and the Beast restaurant. It's inside the Beauty and the Beast castle in Fantasyland. And that was very hard to get into. It took me like two months to get a reservation for just me. Yeah. (laughs) And even when you have a reservation, you're waiting in line, like meandering through the castle, making your order, finding a seat. And I think most of the charm here, or all the charm, is the like just the ambiance because it's very theatrical and regal. Obviously, you're in a castle. Mm -hmm. The dining rooms are gorgeous. So ornate. There are three different dining spaces. You can dine in like the, the like kind of West Wing or whatever. Where yeah. yeah, it's like dark and ominous with the rose. And then there's like the ballroom, and then there's the like main dining room where Belle gets serenaded in the movie. And I sat in the ballroom, which I thought was the prettiest and most lavish. The food is like French. Ish. It's like French American because the movie takes place in France, even though no one speaks French in the movie. My favorite part, though, was they have this cupcake. Basically, it's like a chocolate cupcake, and they call it the gray stuff, like from the movie Lumiere's, like, try the gray stuff. Mm. It's delicious. And it's basically just like a gray-colored buttercream frosting, which doesn't look great. Like, it's gray is not an appealing flavor or thing you want to eat, but it was great. It was my favorite part of the meal. For sure, the gray stuff. It was delicious. And the other thing that I think I really enjoyed eating at Magic Kingdom was they have this like spring roll stall, which when I was there was stationed kind of permanently right by the entrance to Adventureland. And they do spring rolls filled with things like cheeseburger and pepperoni pizza. And love it. Really yummy. Yeah. So you get two per order. And it's a good like on the go snack. And I thought it was shockingly good. I didn't try them until like we were already there for two months. And I was like, what have I been wasting my time? My favorite meal eating? in Magic Kingdom are still the Mickey ears. You still love the Mickey ears. Well, Magic Kingdom, they don't They're set Mickey a very fans. high bar with food. So <laughs> the Mickey ears. No, it's not the same for every park for me as well. No. <laughs> so that's Magic Kingdom. Love it. We'll leave that there. And then moving on to another kingdom, Animal Kingdom. My favorite park, sorry. It's a great park. (laughs) It's um, beautifully designed. The ambiance in all the different sections, like Africa and Asia and the dinosaur land, phenomenal. It's all beautifully done. And the food and drinks, I think, match that as well. They put a lot of effort into it, and it looks good, tastes great. So when you're going to Animal Kingdom, the first thing you should do is make a beeline to Creature Comforts, which is basically a decked out Starbucks. It is a Starbucks, but kind of wrapped to look like this individual, like, jungly place. And you got to get your morning coffee, right? Got to get coffee, yeah. So do that first. And then later in the day, I think for lunch, my favorite place is in the Pandora section, the newer section of the park where the Avatar ride is. Love it. Yeah, so I'm not sure if it's Satuli Canteen. It's right outside, like, the main attraction there, the main ride. Yeah, we ate there multiple times together. I loved it. It was so good. So it's, like, customizable bowls, essentially. You pick your base, pick your protein sauce, and then go from there. Or you can get, like, a whole platter for six to eight people mm. for, like, 75 bucks, which right. is a great price when you think about it. Yeah. Because it has all of those different meats and proteins and, you know, all that. Yes. So you can get noodles, you can get rice. My favorite is getting the hearty salad as a base because it's like 
very nourishing, very hard to get like broccoli and, and cauliflower and like leafy greens. And then weirdly, they add boba, like popping boba pearls on top of it. Like Love a, it. Okay. But it kind of works, I guess. And then I like the wood grilled chicken. Cause, and they give you a lot of it. The portion is like very generous. And then pair that with one of their green beers. It's like green bluish and it's somewhat hoppy. It's kind of like an IPA, which is my favorite. So it's basically their avatar beer. And that, so that restaurant's a must. And then for something like in the evening, the cocktails and snacks at the Nomad Lounge are fantastic. Love the Nomad Lounge. Yes. Um, that's where I first met uh, Chef Al, who was the um, executive chef for Tiffin's and Nomad. And uh, that's where our fe- uh, maple syrup was featured at Burns Maplewood Farm. There that's uh, when we got to go there. That was my first time going to Disney. Yeah, so Anne uh, Looking was your first experience. And it was. And it was such one of those like immersive experiences. Mm. But um, they're just... They have so many amazing things in Animal Kingdom, and ever since then, Chef Al has been uh, promoted to food and beverage director over Epcot, and he does all the things in Epcot, including food and wine and festivals and all that fun stuff. And so, just really amazing to um, to see how you know he was promoted within co- the company. But mm, sorry, huge. I know this is a very large sidetrack from what's really important, the food and cocktails at Nomad Lounge. Yeah, they're they're definitely noteworthy. They have really solid drinks, really good food. We always get the like bread service and it's like this tray of I'm different obsessed. Yeah, different breads inspired by different countries across the world. They have like an Indian pancake like flatbread. The the best is the pomegranate focaccia. Yes. So tasty. And then it's served with these different like chutneys and sauces and, and yogurts. So great. I could just like go here, have that, and some cocktails. Yeah, that spicy coriander yogurt yum. is so good, especially when you mix it with that uh, tomato chutney. Yeah, that's a, it's a good idea to mix and then like kind of customize each bite because why not? And then the cocktails are really good too. They're all like each, they have different sections of the menu. There's like the Asia section. There's cocktails inspired by Africa. So it kind of mimics the layout of the park too. And you have drinks like the Night Monkey, which has dark rum, guava puree, Coffee syrup, lime juice, and cilantro. Kind of a wild mix of flavors there, but, but it works. beautifully blended. Yeah. yeah, very good. And then right next door to the Nomad Lounge is the more formal full-service restaurant called Tiffin's. So it's all kind of in the same building. Nomad Lounge is more casual bar side with a nice patio or nice deck. Yeah. And then Tiffin's is where we we most recently ate here on our anniversary. That's right. right. We did. Our anniversary Great was anniversary. fully packed with multiple parks. Yeah, we were park hopping. And then this is where we ended the day with dinner at Tiffin's. So you get kind of a more expanded version of the offerings at Nomad Lounge. And that's drink-wise, also food-wise. So you have like Really intricate, impressive dishes like falafel with mint pistachio pesto. And we had charred octopus with chorizo and top of that right there mm-hmm. was to die for. Yeah. And the good thing is this is like included in the Disney dining plan if you're going there on a vacation. We weren't. We but, weren't. But um, you know, you can you can definitely make reservations here. Yeah. So Tiffin's excellent if you want kind of the classy full service dining experience. I think it's worth it's one of the best in like all of Disney World. And then moving on from Animal Kingdom, there's Hollywood Studios, which is another place I hold near and dear to my nostalgic heart. I love it there. And few places really capture that nostalgia in Americana quite like the Hollywood Brown Derby. 
Which is so great. We went there. That was the very first thing we did when we got our, like, Disney passes. Yeah, we just went in. Like, we bought them and we're like, well, we should just go, right? And it was, like, two hours before the park closed or three hours before the park closed. And it was, like, perfect. We made a mad dash to the Brown Derby. It's just a gorgeous, like, old, like, I don't know, 1920s Hollywood-style restaurant with, like, framed photos. Or, like, they're probably fake photos because there's thousands of them here. And it's this big, like, decadent dining room with... Great food. You have like cob salads and scallops and stuff like that. And martinis, excellent martinis. You yes. can get them in a flight. Poured table side. Recommended. Yeah, Manhattans, solid, man, like really solid Manhattans. And it's wonderful. So do that. Also, some, for something more casual, if you just want like a drink and a snack or something, there's Baseline Tap House. And they have all California-inspired stuff. All, they have an impressive roster of California beers on tap, as well as California wines on tap, and then even a couple of cocktails. Yes. Like a margarita. And then th- those change and rotate. I think they all do, but it's mostly like beer. They even have a cider. And then they have snacks like charcuterie and a pretzel. So not really a meal-type place, but great to get a drink on the go. And then right next door to that, another like whimsical, wonderful place we went as well is the sci-fi dine-in theater. That was such an immersive experience. I totally. mean, the experiences that you feel at all these are different. Like the Brown Derby, you feel royal and regal. You know, baseline tap, it's just like cool and breezy, like California. And yeah. then when you get to this one, you just, you immerse yourself I mean, into did, a drive-in did. theater. Yeah, I felt like a kid again because I remember going here as a kid. It's like this di- outdoor drive-in theater vibe with like twinkling stars all over the ceiling and then black and white movies. So uh, I felt exactly like a child, except a child who drinks Pinot Grigio because yes. that's what we did. And <laughs> by the bottle. Yeah, right. It was great. So make a reservation there because they're, they're all like little cars. You like literally sit in these like kind of fake cars, which yeah. add, totally adds to the ambiance. And those are popular, unsurprisingly, so they tend to fill up. And then the other highlight at Hollywood Studios more recently is the Star Wars section called Mm. um, Galaxy's Edge. Love it. That opened like a few days after we arrived to Disney World. So that's still new. I went on opening day. Yeah, you're crazy. That was insane. Big mistake, honestly. Like, I thought it would be fun and like an experience to do that on opening day. And it is five I hour mean, lines. Twenty years from now, when you forget about the lines, you'll be like, right. "I was there on opening, opening day," and you'll brag about it. And it was fun, believe me. I did like very little things because I, I, I can only wait in like one five hour line. I'm not going to do other things. But no, it was cool to see they did a great job with the the design of the land here. And in addition to the the ride, they have some really interesting. And inventive dining options. Like milk stand? Milk stand. That's good. I love it. That's just like such a creamy, right. beautiful cocktail. So they're kind <laughs> of like, they're not milkshakes. They're more like rice. So it's dairy-free. They're made with a rice milk base. And they're kind of like rice milk smoothies. One is green. One is blue. Those are the only two options on the menu. You can get the blue milk or the green milk. One, I think the green is like more kind of tropical flavor. The blue has more of a coconut kind of creaminess. Yeah, and one's with rum and one's with tequila, right? You you can add that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would recommend that. And then across the way from Milk Stand is the much more popular um, bar that is difficult to get into because it's so popular. It's called Oga's Cantina. Yes. Oh, so great. It's really fun. It's um, We did this on our anniversary. We did. We started our day here. We went to the cantina and had rum cocktails at 
6.30 in the morning. Um, that's, should we tell people that? I mean, I mean, that's I just, just like... We are, yeah. <laughs> but when you walk in, it feels like this party. It's, like, and and you walk into like perfect. this cave, and then it's all dark and lively, like a cantina from the Star Wars movies, you know, yeah. bursting with life and energy. And there's like a DJ? There's a DJ. There's a DJ at 6.30, so if the DJ's here, we're... So are the cocktails. And that was the first time in my life, hopefully the last time, that I had cocktails with oatmeal. Yeah. So That was rough. <laughs> <laughs> that was a day. Um, but it was delicious. I mean, I'm not going to say. I mean, our our whole, like, breakfast meal was, was really expensive. Very like, expensive. It was the most expensive breakfast and the weirdest breakfast. Yeah. Like, for but we But we got reasons. tiki mugs and things like that Those as great well. Great mugs. So, yeah. Um, the first edition. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> able to go back, like, a month or two later and go here at a normal hour and have drinks when it's socially acceptable to do so. And when I did that, I got this really epic beer flight. Yes. And you try, I think it's four or five different beers, and they're served in this gorgeous and really, like, elaborate wooden fixture with what's meant to be, like, alien teeth or something as the— Almost looks like a saber tooth. As the glassware. Yeah, so they use the, two, the teeth to pour the beer into, and you drink out of that. And then it's a souvenir. You get to keep the whole thing. It weighs, like, 30 pounds. I mean, it's not like it was cheap either. No. You bought it. <laughs> no. You've been listening to Parklandia. We'll be right back after this break. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm Brad. This is Parklandia. And today we're talking about all the great food and drink at Disney World in Florida. So that's Hollywood Studios. And then the big one for dining of all the parks is absolutely Epcot. Yeah. It's, this is a place where you dine around the world, drink around the world, 
and it it's amazing and enthralling. And so many of the restaurants are le- legitimately wonderful. We've spent 87 days here, almost all of them yeah. <laughs> there. And I got to go to a lot of like, you know, for lunches, I went out and grabbed things. And mm-hmm. then we went back multiple times. But I would say that you went here more than any oh, other park. Easily. Yeah. And uh, it's just like probably my favorite park because as an adult, they have much more things oriented for that. Yeah. And foods and cultures the food, and history. So here are my like kind of quick hit favorites at Epcot for dining and drinking. There's a great buffet at Beer Garden Restaurant in Germany. So much food can go nuts. And then I would recommend getting full beer pours at Block and Hans in the America section. Yes, like my favorite yep. Kentucky Bourbon Barrel Ale beer. Yes, they also have IPA. Even they have Goose Island. They have Milk Chicago Stout. Fave. Yeah, another good option. <laughs> great. It was meant for me, that yeah, whole thing. That's a good one. I guess I'm just plainly American. <laughs> so that's the best thing for, for beer, I think. And then the Mexico section is really solid. They have this place inside this big pyramid called La Cava del Tequila. So it's their, like, dark, cozy little tequila cave. Great mezcal selection and tequila. And they have things like mezcal Negronis and a whole variety of margaritas, including, like, avocado margaritas, nice and creamy and a little sweet, delicious, and then heaping platters of chips and salsa and guacamole, very generous yeah, portion. Don't start here, though, because you will you won't get a little bit buzzy Yeah, because they are beautifully done heavy cocktails. Mm-hmm. So make sure to do that in the middle or towards the end of your trip. Right. I would also recommend getting scotch eggs and black and tans and or maybe fish and chips or something at the Rose and Crown Pub in the UK. Every time we had to go there. That place is just fantastic. I, I'm obsessed with the decor and everything in the UK section here. It's really wonderful. And then also we love getting charcuterie and cheese and wine flights at Tutto Gusto Wine Cellar in Italy. That was charming and just really, really fun. Yeah. It's nice to snack. And that sip, was beautiful. It was perfect. Things. And I also love the Nigerian meat pies, which is from this, like, Africa section in the park. They didn't have, like, a full-service restaurant there, but it's, like, this casual walk-up counter where you can get Nigerian meat pies. They also have, like, a dessert of some sort. At the time, it was a Lion King-themed panna cotta, but wasn't really feeling that. I miss food and wine. I know. So food and wine, that, I mean, that's a whole thing in and of itself. It's this, like, nearly three-month-long festival where it's Epcot just, like, times— hundred. Because they, they bring in like 38 additional booths right. for food and snacks and they're all like snack like bites at like price at like five fifty on average. Yeah, not um, bad. But it's good because like each you and the other person that you're with hopefully um, can each like get a good bite and like good taste of that. It's a really yes. good place to go share things. Right. So in addition to all this wonderful stuff that's there year round, all these restaurants, they add all these other countries with these mini kind of smaller stands, everything from like Australia to Thailand to what, like Brazil, Belgium. It's a, it's a lot. All our, and it's, they're kind of situated and scattered all over the global, the world pavilion here, world showcase. And my favorites from food and wine were the chicken teriyaki bao buns from yes. the Japan, the Brazilian cheese bread, again, Absolutely. from Brazil. The, I love there's these charcuterie and like cheese cones from Spain. I saw yeah, those. They looked so well. great, and I just did not get a chance to try them. They're great. Them. There was escargot croissants from France, which also gets points for being the craziest, but it was good. It yeah. was like garlicky. They had like this herb pesto thing on top. I'll go for it. <laughs> yeah. 
Then boozy mango lassies from India, and they spike that with chai liqueur, which is so yummy and creamy and just the perfect amount of spice. And then hummus fries from Morocco, which was really interesting as well. They really are. Yeah. Those were beautiful. And they're like thick fries, mm-hmm. almost thick like fries. mozzarella cheese sticks. Yeah, they thick, were. They were like um, more like fries. mozzarella sticks than but French fries. Beautiful. So that's Epcot. That's Epcot food and wine. And then, like we mentioned, the real surprise stunner here of all this is Disney Springs, which I had not done prior to going here this time. And this is not one of the par- – it's, uh, it's part of Disney World. It's more of like the shopping, dining, retail place with like a movie theater and bowling alley. It's yeah. near Epcot. It used to be called Downtown Disney. Yes. And now it's but, Disney Springs yeah. because it is. It's, it's more uplifted, a lot more great like restaurants and cocktails. Phenomenal. A lot of our friends, uh, Chef Art Smith, uh, Rick Bayless. Um, Chicago A lot people. of these amazing Chicago-based um, yeah. chefs and restaurants. Are here. So good, yeah. And it's huge. It's a sprawling shopping and dining complex. And we've been multiple times and didn't even go to like a quarter of the places here probably. But it's wonderful and we loved so much of it. We we I think our favorite was probably Homecoming, which was Art Smith. Yeah, we've been restaurant. there like five times. You just leave there with your soul full. Yeah. I it's mean it's like southern comfort deliciousness in a really beautiful building. And Chef Art, he used to be Oprah's um private chef. And That's so right. Now so he knows what he's doing. Bringing that good food to the world, and yes. it's just a really inspiring place to go. Um, and there's we went, went with so many people. People came in yeah. from out of town. We said we got to go here. Go here, <laughs> getting fried chicken, deviled eggs, and hummingbird cake, all of it. Mm, that was a good one. I also loved this like wild place called the Edison. This like sprawling two story restaurant and bar that's like has a steampunk vibe and. Yes. It's just insane. They have, like, theatrical components and people doing acrobatics from the ceiling. And then, like, employees here just randomly walking around on stilts for some yeah. reason. It was a, it's such a wonderful experience to go there. It is. Great cocktails. Yes. Innovative, for sure. Innovative cocktails, which are right up our alley. So good for that. And then we also loved this place called The Polite Pig, which is more casual. It gets it gets hopping like later in the evening. So go for lunch or like an early dinner. So it's barbecue. And they have great like pulled pork and brisket and the, like barbecue glaze, fried chicken sandwiches and stuff like that. But the real winner is probably the best Manhattan cocktail we had at Disney World was solid and delicious. And I would go there just to sit at the bar and have yes, that absolutely like, snack on some fried chicken sliders or something like that. And that's a good way to go. And then I think the last one to shout out that was noteworthy, that we loved, was this place called Enzo's Hideaway. This, like, tunnel, they call it a tunnel bar. It's this kind of under, quasi-underground Italian speakeasy. Or, you know, this yeah. it kind of looks like if Olive Garden was the speakeasy. But, like, the food but is... But way better. The food is better. <laughs> like Negroni's and the wine. Great wine selection. Absolutely. Cheese boards, stuff like that. But again, wildly popular. We tried to go back with my sister, and they were like, it'll be two hours. We're like, never mind. And did you mention Frontera? Oh, yeah. Rick Bayless's restaurant. We cannot restaurant. forget Rick Bayless's restaurant. And what's really cool is when I was working in Farmer's Markets in Chicago and when we were going to different restaurants, you know, we really met Greg and Leah Gunthorpe. Um, and they actually 
uh, provide Rick with their chorizo, um, the special chorizo made for Rick. And it, it's on. It's good stuff. It's one of the best appetizers on that menu. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you definitely have to jump by there and enjoy all the delicious foods that Rick has. Yeah. So that's, these are some highlights from here. I Like, as you can see, I could just go on and on and on and make really a whole podcast about this. But Disney World has so much, not only to do ride-wise and attraction-wise, but the food at all the parks at Disney Springs is phenomenal. And it's come a long way since, I'm sure, like, when I went there as a kid, not that I was, like, paying much attention to that. But it's become really like an attraction in and of itself, the dining scene and the drinking scene at Disney World. And absolutely, yes, you should definitely go here and branch out from the Mickey pretzels. Those I are good. can't treat yourself uh. now and again, but like branch out because <laughs> th- there's a there's a whole Disney World of flavor to to explore. You've been listening to Parklandia, a show about national parks. Parklandia is a production of iHeartRadio. Created by Matt Kerouac, Brad Kerouac, and Christopher Haziotis. Produced and edited by Mike Johns. Our executive producer is Christopher Haziotis. Our researcher is Jesslyn Shields. A special thanks goes out to Gabrielle Collins, Crystal Waters, and the rest of the Parklandia crew. And hey, listeners, if you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people like you find our show. You can keep up with us on social media as well. Check out our photos from our travels on Instagram at Parklandia Pod and join in on the conversation in our Facebook group, Parklandia Rangers. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And as always, thank you for listening. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at Let'sMakeAPlan.org.